episode 176 of Board Game Blitz, a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to figure out which smoke detector is the one that's beeping. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're joined by our friend and patron of the show, Pam. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, Weather Machine and Wicked and Wise. Then, we talk with Pam about game nights, conventions, and other random topics. And now, here are your hosts. Ambie. Crystal and special guest, Pam. One quick announcement before we hop into the episode, and that is that when this episode comes out, we are a month away from Dice Tower West, the convention that happens in my city, Las Vegas, Nevada. And it is going to be the first convention that both Ambie and I are attending at the same time together in many years. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, we don't live super close to one another, but we used to be able to see each other at least a few times a year, kind of at conventions and things like that. But, you know, twins and a pandemic and other things make that really difficult. So this is going to be the first time that we'll be meeting up. And we are tentatively planning on hosting some kind of actual in-person meetup event with you all, with our fans at the con. We do not have details solidified as of the time of this recording, but make sure you're in our Discord or following us on social media, and we'll be posting and sharing more information about that very soon. Recently, I played a partial game of Weather Machine. Weather Machine is designed by Vital Lacerda, published by Eagle Griffin Games, and published in 2022. For those of you who know, I, I used to play a lot of Lacerda games. So Vital Lacerda makes a lot of heavier Euro games that are thematic. So some of his other games that I like are Kanban and The Gallerist and Vinos. So I had a shelf of Vital Lacerda games, which I've mentioned before on the podcast as well. But the Weather Machine is, I think, his newest game. I haven't played some of his other newer games. So it's been a while. And this was actually the first time I played, I learned a new like heavier game and played it since my kids were born, I think. So that was like super exciting for me. (laughs) because like a lot of times I've been too tired or like haven't felt like learning a new game or playing a heavy game and and so it was like exciting like I can I can still do this and I still enjoy it yeah so weather machine the theme is okay so the theme is kind of weird you're uh there's this scientist who's like tampering with the weather and then you are on his team trying to like fix the weather that he messed up and like (laughs) making new prototypes for it and stuff and like trying to make a weather machine but then also like mess with the government and stuff and like fix all the problems that it caused so in the game, you're, you have a worker and you're moving around on the board to different spots and you have like a resource board. You don't have actual like resource tokens. There's a board where you track your resources up and down and there's like five different types of resource. I'm just going to like use icons to describe them and they might not be the same icons. But for example, like on one space, you would have to spend the book resource and then you end up getting a brain resource and then doing some other actions like putting down robots and getting things. And then at another space, you would spend the brain resource and then you get a light bulb resource and (laughs) you do other things with your action and then another space you would spend the light bulb resource and get the book resource so it's like a rock paper scissors type of spending and receiving resource thing (laughs) and then there's also some other resources that are wild and some others that you spend to just get things like a lot of Lacerda games there's a lot of like planning and a lot of actions that you need to do in order because you need to have the the specific resources to do what you need to do and then you get, get a lot of stuff and then you have to like have a lot of stuff built in order to do like the things that get you points later 
later on. And so there's lots of steps to do in order and lots of planning. But unlike his other games, I felt like the theme wasn't as connected to the mechanisms. There were some mechanisms that felt similar to some of his other games I've played. And so it kind of reminded me of Kanban with the worker movement because there was also the scientist is Professor Latif, which is Vital spelled backwards. <laughs> but <laughs> that, that was he, he was moving around to the different spaces, which reminded me of Sandra and Kanban, who moves around the different spaces. And so it, it basically made me want to play Kanban again. <laughs> because it's like, oh, I like I was reminded a bunch about Kanban. And I did enjoy the game because it did have like a lot of the I like the planning and trying to figure out what you need to do and planning lots of steps ahead and trying to do that. But because for me, the theme didn't feel very connected and I like didn't really understand a the theme. And I also afterwards I read and other people also said that it didn't feel as thematic as his other games. Like what, what makes me excited about playing Lacerda games is that the theme usually matches a lot. And like, I like the theme part. So although I enjoyed my play of Weather Machine, it's probably one of my least favorite of his games, which is still like good, but, <laughs> but I'd rather play something like Kanban again. So I, I basically, I want to play Kanban again, <laughs> which I think well, I can now. Sometimes, well, the thing yeah. is, it, it has to be like when we have only four players at our game night. A lot of times we have more than four players, which is why we play a lot of party games and stuff. But we did have four players like last time. So that's why we were able to play Weather Machine. But yes, that's Weather Machine by Vitala Serda. It's, it's a lot, but it's fun. Okay, so this is not board game related, but I'm gonna, <laughs> we're going to go on a tangent anyway, because okay. when you say Weather Machine, the oh. only thing that my brain thinks of is one of my all-time favorite amusement park rides from Worlds of Fun in Kansas City, which is where I grew up. Mm -hmm. In 1995, they opened a new ride called Cyclone Sam's. It is an indoor ride, which at that park, there aren't a lot of dark rides. There aren't a lot of indoor ones and Kansas City in the summertime is like 100 degrees with 100% humidity. It's miserable. So obviously the building was air conditioned. So it was very popular when it opened because part of the line was also inside. So you could both be air conditioned in the line and on the ride. And the whole premise of this ride is that this wacky inventor has invented the Cloud Poofer 2000. And it's yeah supposed to be a weather machine. And then you get on the ride and it spins, rotates, goes up and down and tilts. And then oh, wow. the walls are painted with like black light reactive paint, you know, swirls and wind and like a cow flying around and stuff. And it's just wild. But I just like have such fond memories of it because I was what, like 10 or 11 when it opened. And so it was like, I was like the perfect age for like that type of stuff. And uh, so, so now I'm, I think that Weather Machine should be specifically rethemed for Cyclone well, Sam's. And it should be like it's that theme, the Cloud so. Poofer 2000 because that's yeah. a great name for a weather machine. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like the theme so maybe if I had gone on that ride then I would understand the theme more yeah. <laughs> well I did not play a game that reminded me of an amusement park ride but I did <laughs> play a game that excited me very much and that is Wicked and Wise from Weird Giraffe Games designed by Fertessa Elise and I'm not 100% if I'm pronouncing her last name correctly it's funny because Fertessa is really like coming up as a designer she's designed mm -hmm. a couple a few different titles and now everyone I feel like she could just be like a Madonna like Fertessa is just Fertessa like mm -hmm. I if I say Fertessa people are like oh I know who that is so mm -hmm. 
This is one of her first published games. She has a couple others that are either coming out or already released. And Wicked and Wise is a trick-taking game. It is a team-based trick-taking game, which you can play with anywhere from two to six players. You can also play with odd player counts, but things get a little weird when you do. So I'm specifically going to discuss the way the game plays with an even number of players. So two, four, or six, respectively. Each team has two players on it, or in a two-player game, one player taking on two roles, basically. And the two roles for each team are the dragon and the mouse. Dragons are the only ones who can win tricks. Mice can never win tricks, but mice can play cards for their powers. So like in a normal trick-taking game, you're playing cards and looking at the color of the card and the number of the card. You usually have to follow suit. That is the case in this game as well. If you have the same color card of the card that was led, you must place a similar colored card even if you're a mouse but dragons are playing their cards for their numbers and mice are using the powers on their cards to help their dragon so the way the play goes it goes the dragon who leads the other dragon and then the first mouse and the second mouse and then it goes back to the dragon number one and then dragon number two again so the dragons each play two cards into a single trick this also mixes things up in a really interesting way because as the lead in any given trick, as a dragon, you can determine what the lead color is, but you don't have to kind of show your full strength, right? Like if you have a really powerful card in one color and you have another smaller card in that color, you can lead with the smaller one and then you know you're going to get another card in later. And also your mouse might pass you something with a power that is really valuable as well. After every trick, both teams get to collect something, whether they won the trick or not, they either get two coins, which are considered victory points basically in this game, or a treasure card. And the treasure cards get to change up the rules in unique ways in future tricks. So you have to choose and whichever one the winning trick team doesn't take, the other team gets. So if you want a treasure card for your team when you win the trick, the other team's going to get coins, which are basically victory points. On top of all of that, there are also goal cards. Every round of the game, and there are three rounds in total, each team gets to draw goal cards. The dragon gets to look at a number of them and then pass some of them to their mouse, who then gets to choose a certain number based on the round. And those goals are variable. So you're not just always looking to win a bunch of tricks. Sometimes you might want to win zero tricks or all five tricks, or you might want to try and collect the most of a specific suit. There's a lot of different goals. And in certain rounds, you can even play more than one goal out. And at the end of the round, for goals you meet, you get the coins listed on the card. For goals you don't meet, you lose half the amount of coins listed on the card rounded down. So by taking a lot of goals, you could potentially win a whole bunch, but you could also lose stuff. So there's a lot of different moving parts in this game, which I would say make it a very difficult teach, especially for people new to trick taking, because there's a lot going on. But if you're familiar with trick taking and you can kind of spend the time to get through the teach, it's mechanically very simple once you get into it, but it, it is tough to get into at first. We actually kind of were playing things wrong and we stopped midway through the first round and we reset and did it again because we were like, oh no, we messed up something important. Let's go back and fix that. But once we had it, I was just really impressed with how much agency it felt like we had. Because in a lot of trick-taking games, you don't, sometimes you're just, whatever you're dealt is what you're dealt. And you're like, well, this is crap. I can't do anything mm -hmm. with this. But the way this game works, because you can swap cards with your teammate, you some of the powers or even draw new cards from the deck mid round 
There's a lot of ways to mix up the gameplay. The theme is neat too, with like dragons battling with mice helping them. Like that's just funny. So yeah, I'm excited to play this one more. The art in the game was done by Beth Sobel, who you all have heard me rave about before. I honestly, like I like a lot of games from Weird Giraffe Games. I, you all have heard me talk about games from them that I like in the past. Specifically, I love Stellar Leap, their 4X space game. I love Fire in the Library. Gift of Tulips, like they have a lot of really good games in their collection, but this one is just absolutely stellar. I would highly recommend it. I think trick takers are definitely having a moment right now in hobby board games. There have been a lot that have come out in the past couple of years. And this is one that should be on your radar if you like trick taking. So yeah, that's Wicked and Wise from Weird Giraffe Games. Cool. I'm like not a huge fan of trick taking games, but like all these ones that you talk about, they always have some interesting thing that sounds like I want to try it. <laughs> I mean, anytime you want to play a trick-taking game, you know that I'm down, so. <laughs> All right, so we're bringing Pam back into the conversation. Pam has been a supporter of our show for a really long time now. And honestly, like she's become my very good friend as well. And so I just said, I was like, I just want to catch up. So I just want to chit chat with you, Pam, <laughs> see what you've been up to, see what games you've been playing that you want to chat about. And then we'll just kind of see where things go. That sounds great. Yeah, I've been my, you know, with pandemic and everything, most of my game group moved away. So we play online. We actually play more regularly now for some reason. Everybody, Isn't that funny? It is. It's so <laughs> weird, but... Like we were, we were very flaky before, but now we're like religiously every Tuesday, we are going to play online something. Even if only two of us show up, we still, we still do it. BGA has been amazing for that because like all the games that we want to play are on there. And I had a huge moment this week. I love, love, love engine builders. And I am so terrible, so terrible because I always change my mind. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go this direction. <laughs> and then there's like a cool card that comes up like, oh, I should go that direction. And I will do that the entire game until I haven't even decided what I'm going to do yet. And somebody won. I'm like, wait, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't picked my direction yet, but I absolutely love gizmos. It is probably my favorite engine builder. And I won on BGA for the first time live virtual or any other way yesterday. And I was yeah! so happy because I'm like, okay, I'm going to go yellow. Everything in my life is about yellow. I'm going to stick to it. And it worked. I will never do it again. Because <laughs> <laughs> you won't stick but to anything won't, again. I won't stick to it. It's just too much commitment. Gizmos is a really fun game. It is. It is great. And I, I hope to someday get the 3D printed fancy version that makes your gizmo tower into like a nuclear reactor. Ooh. It just looks yeah. so cool. <laughs> you know, instead of the cardboard, <laughs> I want the plastic nuclear reactor because that's awesome. And yeah, because why wouldn't you want that, right? right? Exactly. Like <laughs> exactly. So that's like my, my recent board gaming success, which was very exciting. What games do you tend to play the most on Board Game Arena? You know, I've kind of switched out. I was playing a lot of Res Arcana. Okay. Lately, it's been more gizmos because I want to get really good at it, and I'm not. And then, actually, I like Obsession okay. on Board Game Arena because it takes care of all the upkeep. All the fiddly games, I'm very mm. tactile, so I love to play with all the bits. Like, it hurts me to play virtually sometimes because I want to mm -hmm. touch the stuff. 
but games with upkeep it's so nice when it just does it for you i think that's another reason that that i i'm really liking gizmos a lot because it doesn't let you forget to trigger something okay yeah i always am like wait did i do this one did i not do this one so that and then uh space base i've been playing a lot of space base oh yeah i think space base is actually my most played game on board game arena I yeah. have played it a lot of times, but yeah. honestly, I would love to play Obsession with you at some point. I've played it once IRL. I've never played mm-hmm. it on BGA. And my friend Kathy, who is amazing, is the one who brought it over and taught it to me. And she also included, I think, the first expansion. And so mm-hmm. we had more types of workers And I was able to grok it, but only barely. And like, it was hard for me to remember which workers could do which things. And so I think playing it in a digital space might help me a little more because obviously it'll just be like, yeah, you can't put that there, Crystal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's one that I've played a few times at conventions. I don't I don't own it. And like, you know, I'll play it. And then the next convention is six months or a year later. and I have to relearn it. And the rule book is not my favorite. So playing it on BGA enough times, now I think I could just sit down and play the real live version with a lot less rule book searching, which is usually what happens. So yeah, I would would love to play it with you on BGA or uh, perhaps in person someday soon. Yeah. That would be awesome. Dice Tower West. Dice Tower West. (laughs) Yeah, I I wish we had details about whatever we're going to do for our meetup at this point. I'm really excited to see people again. Mm -hmm. Like I, because I didn't go to PAX Unplugged in December. So is the last con I attended Dice Tower West last year? I think. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I didn't go to any other board gaming related things. Oh, well, so I, I went, went to like a convention more recently than you did. Yeah, you went to Kublai Khan, Kublai right? Khan. Yeah, that, that was like the, okay. the one that I've been to in the last four years. <laughs> yeah, I went to like a friend, a small group friend con kind of a thing mm-hmm. in like September. But that was, you know, a very, like, I think there were like 10 to 15 of us total. Oh, it was, mm-hmm. yeah. That, like, that's like a T-Con type thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, all truthfully, though, for those of you who are listening, if you've ever considered doing that, like renting yeah. a big yeah. space and bringing a bunch of your friends and just hanging out for like a few days playing board games, highly recommend. Like, mm-hmm. it is very fun. <laughs> well, Ambi, so you said your game group has been usually having more than four people. So you've been playing a lot of party games recently. Yeah. What of the of the party games that you all have been playing, like which ones are have kind of like are sticking around, do you think? Because obviously not every single one is going to mm-hmm. keep coming back. Yeah. So this last year, since like, I think the first time we played it was January of last year. Cross Clues has been our go-to party game for a while. <laughs> we really like it. So I mentioned this on our YouTube videos too, because on YouTube we have, I have like a monthly recap of all the games I played that month and Cross Clues comes up all the time. (laughs) But Cross Clues is a word party game. It's a real-time cooperative word party game. So, you know, there's a lot of word party games out there and my group likes all of them. So there's like Just One, Codenames, So Clover, uh, you know, all, all of those games. But so with Cross Clues, it has a grid, A through E and one through five. Well, there's different variants, but we play like the expert mode, which is a five by five grid. And then the A through E has one word each and the one through five has one word each. And then each person has a card that has a coordinate like A3 or something. And so you're giving a one word clue to point to that intersection of those two words. And everyone has a card at the same time. There's 25 cards in the deck because it's like one of each. And so you're all like thinking of a clue and then you just give it whenever you'd 
you want to <laughs> whenever you're ready. And then whoever guesses, people like discuss and then they say the number and that's the final guess. And this is all real time and you get like 10 minutes to do it all. So it's a combination of word party game, which I like, and real time, which I like. And so like you're always doing something. There's no like pausing while you're waiting for someone to give a clue because you're also thinking of a clue while you're waiting for other people to give a clue. So you're always involved in it, I think, invested in it. There's no yeah. like waiting. So that's why I like it a lot. And it's all also only 10 minutes. So so we're like, oh, we have fifth, like over 10 minutes left until 10 o'clock, which is when we kick people out. And so it's like, okay, we have time for cross clues. Let's go. That's awesome. I actually was thinking of you and your group yesterday. Mm-hmm. Greg brought over the new Repos party game, Fast Facts. Mm-hmm which I actually hadn't heard of. I until haven't heard of he, that either. I'm looking yeah, it up now. so it's kind of the next in their series after Just One and So Clover is Fast mm. Facts. And what it is, is every player has a little marker board and they're all colored differently and they're indented on both sides. And the reason that's important is so you can slide them across the table without wiping off the back. It's cooperative. You draw cards from a deck and they make you like rank yourself or your own opinions on a scale based on something. So like one of the ones we had was how early do you show up for an important meeting? And so we all have to write down Mm. what we personally do. Then Mm. the first player slides their thing out into the middle of the table and we can't discuss anything. The next player has to decide whether they think theirs is above or below the other one. Oh, it's like a timeline style? Yes, it's timeline, but with your own personal like opinions, basically. (laughs) Okay, And so like, (laughs) there was, yes, there was one where it was like, in general, like to humans, how flexible are you? Or do you think you are? Mm -hmm. And I was struggling because I was like, I have one arm that I can reach my entire back with behind my back, which is very flexible. Oh, that type of flexible. (laughs) I was thinking like flexible to changes (laughs) in like schedule. Well, what's wild, though, is you could have technically interpreted it like that and just written an answer. So I think I wrote 60 for mine. I was like, I feel like I'm a little more bendy than like middle of the road for humans, but not much more. But it was really interesting because we like learned both what we think about each other and what people think about themselves in like cute little ways. And we also got the total of Greg's current board game collection because one of the ones that came up was how many board games do you own? And we knew we knew Greg was at the top of the scale. We were certain of that, (laughs) but we didn't know the exact number until he revealed it. And uh, it was a lot. (laughs) I think it's also interesting because like, if it's not like a definite answer like that, but like more of the scale one to 100 thing, your scale thoughts might be different than someone else. Like, you know, yours is more than that person, but then the way they answer might be different than the way you answer. So then like, Like, yeah, yeah, like (laughs) one of the people in my group, I was like, I have no idea how many board games he actually owns because he never brings games to game night. I know Mm. he owns board games, but he never brings his own (laughs) games. So I had no clue how many he owned. But yeah, I would still say I like just one and so Clover more, but Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed Fast Facts a lot. And the only reason I would rank it below the other two is just because you do have to have some familiarity with the people you're playing with. Whereas yeah. with just one and so mm-hmm. clover, you can play that with anybody. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. But Wait, I, I would recommend fun it. Fun facts? <laughs> yes, that's fun facts, not okay. fast facts. Okay, I guess I was looking it up on Board Game Geek and couldn't yep. find it. <laughs> fun facts. That is correct. It fun is not on my want to playlist. Fun facts, not fast facts. Yeah. I think it was because you were talking about real-time games. That's where my brain got the fast from. I don't know. Fun facts from Repos Games. I recommend it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the name, it's baked right in. 
And speaking of more party games that my group might play, you had mentioned like last year, I think, about the game Last Message. Yes! So my friend like just got a copy of this and he started describing it. I'm like, wait, that sounds like something that Crystal mentioned. And I was, so I looked it up. I'm like, yeah, it's on my wanna playlist. So it's Yeah, like, it's like the Where's Waldo where, of board yeah, games, kind he's of. A, like Where's Waldo meets something. I forget what he said. But okay. um, like someone's giving a clue, but then like they can erase part of it. <laughs> yeah, you like, like you you do drawings and words, but you spread them out over a grid, yeah. and then the person who got murdered can erase some of the boxes. <laughs> so like you'll I'll write you know a word over a bunch of boxes, and they'll erase some yeah. of them. And so then when it gets passed over to the other people, they can see like T R E, but they don't know what the rest of the word was, and so they just have to guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was thinking I hadn't heard of that one, but then when you said you erase part of it, I was like, oh yes, yeah, I re- yeah. I, yeah. I had just forgotten what it was called. So. Okay. Yeah, I can bring that one to Dice Tower West. I mean, what's nice about me living in Vegas is technically I don't have to plan in advance for anything. I can go one day and somebody can be like, hey, bring this. And I can be like, okay, and then I'll go home and get it. So <laughs> I assume I'll be playing it this week because you just got it and <laughs> mentioned it. So we're like, okay, let's play Tuesday. <laughs> well, I will be curious to hear how you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So Pam, you said you are going to be attending Dice Tower West as well, right? I will be there. Yes, I am going on actually actually Sunday because I just think Vegas is a lot of fun and I can work from the Vegas office for a couple of days and not have to take two extra vacation for travel. So I'm looking forward to being there very much so. That's pretty awesome. I mean, if you're going to come into town early, you could theoretically hang out with your friend Crystal too. I could, but... uh... Well, a certain wonderful content creator named Benita is actually going to be staying with me the night before the con on Wednesday night because her hotel isn't until Thursday. So I'll have another board gaming buddy hanging around, too. So maybe we can make some plans to do something before the con. Totally. That'd be great. For me, I know sometimes when I attend a convention, sometimes I have like a longer list of games that I'm interested in trying to play if possible. And then often I have like one bigger game specifically that I'm like, I really Mm -hmm. want to try and get this played. And for last year for me, that was teaching Return to Dark Tower to some people. So do you do that? Do you have like something big and specific or do you just kind of go fly by the seat of your pants? I'm mostly fly by the seat of my pants. I might have a couple of ideas of games that I want to try out or have somebody teach me but because I can't commit to anything that doesn't generally last very long and I just like oh that group has a game and a green flag I'll try that and most mm. of the time it works and sometimes I want to have an Chew emergency your own arm off. in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the game and get out of it but that doesn't happen very often yeah I mean that's yeah. a risk with any public gathering yes, of any kind it is. right it's- yeah and I will say it's usually, it's almost always the game and not the people. I mean, right. I, I rarely meet people I can't tolerate at a gaming convention. I meet them everywhere else in my life, um, <laughs> but less so at gaming conventions. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very seat of the pants. I don't really have anything that I have to learn. Although I will say, Ambie, I have never played a Lacerda game. So if you have time where the, I don't know where, where the, <laughs> yeah, like the time might be a, be a, a challenge, but uh I would love to learn one. I hear fantastic things and I've looked at Gallerist and it it seems Mm -hmm. quite amazing. So maybe someday. There will probably be other people that want to play too. But yeah, I don't know if I'll have the time to play any like any games. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're coming to a board game convention. You're like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to play games while I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. Toddlers. I mean, having the boys. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. That, that, so 
if you did have to choose a game that you really would want to play at the con, let's say you find a block of time, right? Like, let's just imagine <laughs> you have a block of time. Is there a game that you, if you found that time, would be like, yes, that is the one I want to play? I don't know about one game for me. Yeah. So like I, I keep a writing list on Board Game Geek of my want to play games. So usually I just like look at those. And when I actually am going to be at a convention back in the day, <laughs> back in the day when I would go to a convention, I would like look at the library and see what they have in there and like research ahead of time and then have a list of games that I was interested in the library. Basically the intersection of my want to play and then the ones in the library. I used to like a long time ago sign up for games that are like scheduled and scheduled things but I don't do that I didn't like that as much as just open gaming I preferred that I also would go with Toby so like I always had a gaming partner so we could like play a game we didn't have to wait for like an open table or anything we could just find a game in the library and play it if we didn't find any other people to play with that was still okay <laughs> so um yeah we would just go and if we see a game in the library that's like, oh, this was on my list, or like, like this is something I want to play. So like, I can't think of anything specific that would be the one game I want to play. <laughs> but okay. there's a lot on my want to play list. Well, that's awesome. Well, if there are any on your want to play list that are ones that I own, you know, obviously, like, let me know. <laughs> I'm happy to haul them around as a just in case or stash them in a room check. somewhere, probably. But <laughs> I could just send you my want to play list. <laughs> you should definitely do that. A hundred percent. I don't know if there's a way for you to like cross reference that with someone else's collection or anything well my collection is not up to date so <laughs> okay well the hen so no <laughs> uh kathy if you're listening to this i'm so sorry because <laughs> so when i moved into my new house in fall of 2020 kathy helped me update my entire collection on bgg and oh, i have and then you barely <laughs> touched it since then oh <laughs> i yeah, know i'm I, kind of the worst <laughs> I really try to keep mine up to date because otherwise I'll be somewhere and I'll go in a game store. I'm like, oh, I really want this one. And I have bought repeated games. Yeah, bought so, the same game more than yeah, once. Yeah, like an embarrassing number of times. So I really try to keep it up to date just to save myself some money. <laughs> yeah. Else. So I'm like, yeah. hey, who wants this game? Um, I accidentally bought another one. <laughs> But, you know, well, if nothing else, games. that's a really good signal that your brain clearly really wants to play it. Like, yes, absolutely. I'm like, I've bought this one twice, maybe three times. I should probably play it <laughs> and stop buying it. But you know, yeah, we're yeah. all notorious for that. The playing the thing that we really want to play and then not getting to play it for longer than you right. would ever imagine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's yeah, it's a thing. But uh, at the conventions, I like to play games that you can't get anymore because the library mm. will have them. And there's some party games that I don't really play a lot of party games with my normal group because it's pretty small. But things where whether you know the people or not, it can be dangerous. <laughs> um, last <laughs> convention I played, but wait, there's more. Oh, and that's so nice. fun. I played it, that at like the yeah. first Dice Tower Con I went to. It is great. so great. I'm like, I have to get this game. I'm like, you can't. You can't get it. Uh, it just doesn't exist. That's the exist. problem with playing games you can't get. Like, I know. And you like, want to get it. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a few like that. So definitely I will be playing that. And, and Igloo Pop. If you've not played oh, Igloo yeah, Pop. Oh, I have that. Oh, my God. I love that game. It is so hilarious. Mm -hmm. I love to get it out like late at night. Everybody's brain is fried from playing games. Like we're going to play Igloo Pop and I've taught it to people. They're like, what is this? I'm like, just <laughs> trust me. It uh -huh. is hilarious. And it is absolutely hilarious. Like we had people coming from across the room to see 
why we were laughing so hysterically <laughs> while we're shaking these crazy yeah like, everybody is yeah. like looking like they're literally crazed and shaking <laughs> tiny igloos next to their heads yes. and just like staring <laughs> what, is, what is this like, how many beads are in here yeah it's it is a fantastic game so mm-hmm. i mean yeah. we've definitely drawn a crowd with our strike games at conventions before <laughs> oh. because we get into strike so people are always like looking at us either with one of two faces either oh man it looks like they're having a lot of fun over there or ugh, strike people like, <laughs> and like, they're you know what? Like, right but well right they're they're yeah. definitely both right but i do get like if you're playing like a really serious game and the people nearby are just hooting and hollering like i get that it can be a little annoying but also you're at a convention like yeah, if you want to play yeah. games in a quiet room go to your hotel room right. or whatever you know and like, and like every convention has quiet rooms now or yeah. you know, they have quiet rooms and D&D rooms and wargaming rooms. I'm like, well, this is the big room is always the strike room. Yeah. 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 We've played pit at conventions a lot. And that also is another oh. one with like a lot of yelling. And stuff. Yeah. We, we've gotten people, uh, people got mad at us for, for yelling. But we're like, <laughs> we're in the main room. It's okay. Yeah, right. It's like that's, there's no noise requirements <laughs> in the main room. Right. Exactly. <laughs> There should they should require noise in the main room. You know? Yeah. Noise yeah. required at all times. Yes. Twenty four yep. seven. Yes. <laughs> yeah, don't play don't play Mord M. Arosa in the main gaming hall because no. everyone will just be like yeah. leaning down to the table trying to listen to where the little cubes <laughs> fall, fell and you can't tell. <laughs> trying to feel the vibrations rather than hear them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I obviously not all of our listeners are going to be attending a board game convention in the near future, maybe even this year, but I would love to hear from you all if you were going to a board game convention in the near future, or if you are going to a convention in the near future, what is your like must play game the one it could be one of the brand new games that's coming out this year it could be a hot game from last year or it could be a classic from 20 years ago that you've just never played and you want to play it so hit us up on social media or in our discord channel and let us know what your big next i want to play this at an event game is and that's it for this week's board game blitz visit our website boardgameblitz.com for more content and links this episode was sponsored by Grey Fox Games. Coming soon to crowdfunding is the new Gods and Prophets expansion for Reavers of Midgard. With this expansion, players will get more treasures, more spoils, and a brand new offerings board where they can petition the gods themselves to join them in their voyages. And if you can't wait for your next Grey Fox game, use the code BGBLITZ2023 at greyfoxgames.com to get 10% off your entire order, including promos, exclusives, and upgrades not available anywhere else. Join the Blitz Care community on Discord for community game nights, discussions, and more by following the link in the show notes. Support the show by leaving us a rating and review on your podcast provider. And if you want exclusive bonus content, access to our private Discord channel, shoutouts, and more, visit ko-fi.com slash boardgameblitz today. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Until next time, I can buy myself board games. Hold them in both my hands. Read the rule book for hours. What if I don't understand? Bye, everyone. Bye. Technical support provided by Toby now. Technical. <laughs> I always say. How do I always mess up on, <laughs> on Toby's name? Okay. Technical support provided by the Technical. <laughs> I can't even say that. This is okay. going really, really well. Yeah. <laughs>